I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard's Senior Director of Music. Hello, Jason. I can see you. How are you? This is nice. I can see you, too. I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. It's it's almost as if we're like we're actually at work again, except, you know, in, in like a physical space together. Yeah, sort of. Exactly. Even though we're 3,000 miles away. You know, as an aside, and sorry, forgive me, but I was on a video call with some friends yesterday, and there were like four different screens I was looking at. Two screens were in a different country, two were in California, and then there was me. In one of the screens, one person got up off their screen and went to their kitchen. Below them, another person got up and walked away. In my brain, for a hot second, I thought that that second person went to join them in the kitchen. (laughs) Have you had that happen? it's called quarantine brain, I believe. It, it, I don't know what it is. I think something's happening where our brains are connecting visuals to things that don't really exist. Anyways, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and sometimes weird brain fusing on Zoom calls on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about what Little Baby now has in common with the Supremes and Stevie Wonder, how Harry Styles is surging up the charts with his Fine Line album and its single, Watermelon Sugar, and how Jack Harlow's What's Poppin' is flying up the Billboard Hot 100 thanks to a new remix featuring a trio of A-list rappers. Plus, on the heels of the premiere of... Hamilton, an American musical on Disney Plus, uh, will be discussing our thoughts on the phenomenon that is Hamilton and just how big the Hamilton bump will be for the show's cast album on next week's charts. Very exciting. But first, Keith, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never, ever, ever miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. That is plural. So you never, ever miss an episode. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Sorry. Um, We'll get to Hamilton in just a second, because first we're going to do the chart chat. Uh, First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Little Babies, Little Babies. What a baby. Little Baby's My Turn locks up a fifth total week at number one, earning 70,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending July 2nd, of course, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. The album debuted at number one on the March 14th chart and then returned to number one four weeks ago and has been at the top ever since. So now with five weeks at number one, it now has the most weeks atop the list for any album in 2020, and the most weeks at number one since Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding logged its fifth and final non-consecutive week at number one back on the November 16th, 2019 chart. Now, Jason, here's the really exciting news. 
um, that maybe you weren't even thinking about. I certainly wasn't until I sort of stumbled upon it. Um, So My Turn was released on February 28th uh, via Quality Control through Motown Records through Capitol Records. So there's three labels involved with this album. Uh, So notably, with a fifth week at number one, My Turn ties Boys to Men's album two for the most weeks at number one for a Motown album in the last 40 plus years on the Billboard 200. One, did you even sort of think, Jason, did you even think about sort of Lil Baby in the (laughs) Motown universe? I didn't until you said that, but you know, Quality Control has this partnership with Motown and Capitol Records that's been unbelievably successful you had before Lil Baby of course Migos was was kind of the flagship artist of that partnership and what Lil Baby has accomplished and we've talked about it over the past few weeks on this show has been has been truly remarkable um you know not only as a as a QC label but as a as a Motown uh artist as well yeah it's 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 trippy it's just it's to sort of mention those acts in the same breath it's Pretty cool for Motown to have this kind of, you know, sort of renaissance uh, thanks to their partnership with Quality Control. Um, uh, more fun facts about this. Uh, so uh, only, and I'll wait first. Sorry, let me backtrack. The Boys to Men album was in 1994. It spent uh, five non-consecutive weeks at number one in September and October of 1994. And then it came back to number one in March of 1995. I think that might have been right after the Grammy Awards that year. I think one sweet day maybe i don't know something i think it was the grammys i had a i had that two album on cassette as a seven-year-old boy wow uh you were just a youthful little sprite in 1994 the little lip shots just a little lip shots somewhere in the house you were lip syncing to (laughs) on bended knee it's true Uh, um all right so only two other motown albums believe it or not have actually logged at least five weeks at number one so aside from boys to men's two and little babies my turn the only other Motown albums to have five weeks at number one were Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, which had 14 weeks at number one back in 76 and 77, and Diana Ross and the Supremes' Greatest Hits, which had five weeks at number one back in 1967. So Little Baby can now claim an interesting sort of chart factoid, chart statistic, with with saying the words Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross and the Supremes, and Boys to Men all in the same sentence, which is pretty incredible. Um, good company. It's good company. Uh, staying with the Billboard 200 for a moment, while there are no debuts in the top 10, again, it's the third time that's happened in a month, there is actually a bit of shuffling in the top 10, including a big move for Harry Styles as his former number one album, Fine Line, rises from number 13 to number six. And that's his first week in the top 10 since February. Uh, the album was actually up 4% in units for the week, and it earned 32000 uh, last week. The album actually continues to profit from the sustained popularity of its hit single, Adore You, which currently sits at number two, uh, its peak, on the all-format radio songs airplay chart. It feels like that song has been out since, like, what, last December, November, and yet it's still huge, mm-hmm. which is incredible, Jason. You were saying something? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, no, I just, it, it's remarkable how you had this first Harry Styles album a couple years ago, 
that couldn't really make a dent at radio at all, at least pop radio. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Sign of the Times was the big single, but now, you know, I listen to a lot of Top 40 radio, and you just hear Adore You all the time, and Constantly. now, you know, we'll get to Watermelon and Sugar in a second, but but that's really getting gaining so much steam as well. Yeah, um, so wrapping up the Adore You uh, chart nugget stuff, uh, Adore You peaked at number one on the Pop Songs chart back in April, and the Pop Songs chart is different from the Radio Songs chart, because the Radio Songs chart is all formats of radio, whereas Pop Songs is just mainstream top 40 radio like pure pop radio um so that's probably why jason keeps hearing the song on the radio all the time true yeah <laughs> um and adore you actually peaked at number six on the overall billboard hot 100 which combines airplay sales and streams so then the next single watermelon sugar is taken off like a rocket in the past few weeks it jumps 24 to 17 on the radio songs chart 14 to 9 on the pop songs chart this week and also jumps 16 to 8 on the Hot 100, which is his third top 10 on the Hot 100. So congrats to Harry. Um, and he previously was in the top 10 with, of course, Adore You and Sign of the Times. So what do you think of Watermelon Sugar, by the way, Jason? Great. I mean, I love the, I love the whole album, honestly. And, and it's, it's interesting because Watermelon Sugar was actually the second song released from Fine Line. He performed... Uh, the first single, Lights Up and Watermelon Sugar on SNL, he actually debuted Watermelon Sugar on SNL, and then he put out Adore You right before Fine Line came out. That takes off over the over the course of the next few months, and then he comes back to Watermelon Sugar. He puts out the big music video. So, I mean, it's a great song. I didn't think it was going to do anything uh, because hmm. he had already moved on to Adore You. He, it, it's one of those instances where he actually jumped back to the previous previously released song as its third single. It's funny that they think there's something to be said because I will sometimes hear this from sources at labels who say how sometimes difficult it is for a song that has already been out as an album cut to have any sort of new lease on life after the after the album's been released. Um, right. Sort of the traditional way of working singles after the album has come out where you work like four different singles over the course of a year and a half, like that's a very old school way of looking at it. But like I think Harry's bucked that trend where like six or seven months into the project, he's on a second single that is already a huge hit. Whereas you look at a lot of hip hop artists and they're like, yeah, we're done after a few weeks. We have to now we have to reissue the album with 12 new tracks to get people to care about it. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there's something to be said for how some projects can be worked kind of the old fashioned way, but other projects can't because of the way the fan base for that artist or genre may consume music. So... Um, all right, staying with the Hot 100, uh, Jack Harlow's What's Poppin'? So I don't know why I say it that way. Flies from number eight to number two, or maybe it pops from number eight to number two. Oh, thanks, wow. Yeah, I know. Thanks to a new all-star remix of the track featuring DaBaby, Tory Lanez, and Lil Wayne. It's the first chart hit for Harlow. Um, it's his uh, first top ten, obviously. The third top ten for DaBaby, the first for Tory Lanez, and the 25th for Lil Wayne. Um uh, Jason, what do you think of what's popping? I guess both the original and the remix, because they—I mean—they both kind of retain the original hook and this sort of the vibe of the first one. It's not like it's a totally—it's not like it's a remake, but it is—it's adding all new verses to the to the track. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I wrote about what's popping the original back in the in the spring as a potential song of the summer. You just saw the the kind of slow growth. 
and then it, it enters the top 20, obviously a, a big hit for, for Jack Harlow, but then you get this remix that completely pushes it over the top. It, people love this remix. I don't know if you've you've uh, read any, any writing about it, but I, I think that it's gotten such a positive response. All four rappers uh, bring their A game, and, and Tory Lanez is kind of the outlier because he's a singer. He's he's sort of a rapper, but yeah. you know he he really kind of steps up as well and and kind of harmonizes. And the baby is just ferocious on this song. Jack Harlow makes a, a bunch of basketball puns, which of course I'm gonna love. Sure, um, Sixers. Now right? it's number. T- is that the is that the team? No, no, <laughs> that's Phil- my team. He doesn't make any Flyers. Sixers. <laughs> that's is hockey it, is it the celtics is, it, is that how you say the name of the team celtics? No, no no okay continue jason <laughs> oh boy uh Where so yeah you? now it's yeah. number two it's a it's a it's a big hit for for harlow and it's it's exceeded my expectations about how high this is going to climb but sometimes you just have that right remix with the right energy and it's a great beat and uh yeah it's it's really been off to the races it's it's been pretty cool to see i wonder i wonder well i wonder if it'll have a chance at number one, if it's going to have any sort of sustained momentum after this sort of initial rush of the remix coming out, um, will it be, will it eventually move, you know, Rockstar out of the way? Cause Rockstar is still number one on the hot 100, by the way. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, th- that hook, the what's popping like that sort of, that hook is so earwormy. Like I didn't expect it to stick in my head. I'm like, why is this thing still yeah. in my head? I'm like, that's why it's a song. That's why it's so fucking popular. Anyway, that is why it's a song. I love it. Shut up. Um, <laughs> okay. You want to talk Hamilton? Um, yeah. Don't 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 throw away your shot, Jason. This is your this is your chance chance oh, to shine. Oh wow, that's nice. Uh, so so Hamilton uh, was filmed with nearly all of the original Broadway cast of the show back in June 2016. Uh, before they started to depart the show, including Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, who wrote the, the book and music and lyrics. Um, it was supposed to be a theatrical release last year, but instead next it comes year. to Disney... Last What did I say, last year? Yeah. It was not supposed to be next year, uh, in 2021. Um, instead, it arrives on Disney Plus on July 3rd, uh, just in time for Independence Day. Fitting. It's essentially... Sorry? fitting it's very fitting it is you know founding fathers and all that yeah um so i i watched it with my wife yesterday it's essentially the live stage production uh, as you would see in the theater um but you you know obviously the camera is getting close so you can kind of see the facial expressions uh and and obviously for disney plus subscribers uh it is free as as opposed to the hundreds and hundreds of dollars you would have to pay to see Hamilton well, it's live free, on Broadway. It's free in the sense you have to pay for a subscription to Disney Plus, though. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, you have, yeah. to, you have to pay a nominal fee to actually become a member to Disney Plus. Um, that's true. So it's only a couple bucks. Oh, wait, anyway, Jason's like, uh, I guess, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I got mine free. I don't know what you're talking about, Keith. <laughs> I did not get mine free. Okay. I don't have that Disney Plus hookup. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, so and the other thing is, obviously, there's no actual stage productions of Hamilton happening right now because of the pandemic. So it doubles as a way to get Hamilton to the masses, um, but also as a way to, you know, to get Broadway to the masses, uh, to get a theatrical production to the masses at, at a time when there's no live theater happening right now. Um, I mean, so we, we watched it. You So, Keith, you saw Hamilton live, right? Yeah, I did. I, ne- I Well, I saw it. 
so I saw the opening night of the L.A. production. So I never saw the original Broadway cast, uh, much to my dismay. Um, and going into the L.A. show, and actually if you Google, I don't know, Google Los Angeles Hamilton premiere at Billboard.com, I wrote a story about it. And that night, like, just a couple rows over, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda was there and... Like a lot of the sort of original creative forces were there in the audience and they went up on stage after the cast took their bows and spoke to the audience. Um, I went into it kind of thinking like, oh my God, is this thing going to live up to the hype? Because so much had been said about the original Broadway cast and how amazing they all were. And it's just a revelation and you're, oh my God. And like, you kind of felt like you were watching, like, they were like, they became celebrities. The original Broadway cast became celebrities. And, you know, original Broadway cast doesn't always stay with a show, obviously. You usually leave after a year. Mm. So I thought, I'm like, are these people really going to be as good as the original Broadway cast? Even though all I had seen at that point was, like, the Grammy Awards performance and the Tony Awards performance, which had the original cast. And I'm like, these people are amazing. So I see it. And I'm like, these people are amazing, too. So... I, I just thought, I was like, my gosh, it has to, it has to, I think it has, obviously it's a lot of just like the music and the lyrics and the story and the staging. And then they just found amazing talent to sing and dance and act. And so anyone who's been, anyone who's been fortunate enough to see the show at all has seen an amazing experience, but there have been tons and tons of people that never got to see the original Broadway cast, which is why it's so great that Disney Plus did this. And you were actually, you know, I, people were actually able to see the Broadway cast now, the original Broadway cast. Yeah, I think it works in both in both instances for, for people who have either never seen Hamilton or for people who have seen other iterations of Hamilton. So for, for me, I've never seen the play at all. I've never seen a production of the play. And I, you know, you you think about whether it, if I get to see it in, in on Disney plus, if I'm going to want to see it live, but it's, yeah. it's almost like buying an album. And first of all, I thought it was tremendous and it, it really does kind of live up to the hype. And it's, it's just such an impressive story. Um, but it's, it's almost like buying an album, watching it at home versus going to a concert where it's, you know, seeing it live. I can only imagine it being so enveloping that even after seeing it, on Disney Plus, I, I kind of want to see it live now. So, I mean, hmm. I, I think that it works in, in that regard. And then in the other regard, my, my parents actually saw Hamilton on Broadway in February, this past February, oh, for wow. my dad's birthday, they went. And, you know, they now they get to see it. Obviously, the most of the original cast had gone, but now they get to watch the Disney Plus version so, so they can see the original cast perform it and see the close-ups which is not nothing because you know they had uh you know i think they had like nosebleed seats yeah uh, they were still in the room where it most, happened but really far yeah, away. yeah uh, uh look at that but you know you you're even the even the cheapest seats to see hamilton on broadway are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah. um and now they get to see, you know, Lin-Manuel and Leslie Odom and David Diggs, all all of them, Philip you know, Sue, acting. Jonathan Groff. Yeah, it's... Friend of the podcast, yeah. Jonathan Groff. Oh, friend of the podcast, Jonathan hey. Groff, who was, who was hilarious. He spits um, a lot. If you get the close-ups, he spits a lot. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, Keith. Yeah. So you, you and I were chatting on Slack earlier uh, about how well this original Broadway cast album is is going to perform 
now that it is to the masses and and you can you can speak to this a little bit better how is this going to perform now that it is on disney plus yeah i mean so first the original broadway cast recording album actually came out in 2015 um and the album has been on the chart ever since um it already peaked at number three on the billboard 200 back in two, in 26 in 2016 um but this week According to early forecasts from industry prognosticators, as I put the full caveat out there, um, it looks like the album could actually possibly jump to number two on the chart next week. Um, Return to the top 10 possibly could do over 70,000 units, which would be its biggest week ever. Um, And if it hits number two, that would be on its own the highest charting cast recording in the last 50 plus years. Um, that takes some explaining because right now, I think I'm losing Jason because I'm getting sort of lost in the numbers, but right now, Hamilton peaked at number three. You're not losing. What do you think I'm doing? I'm just like, <laughs> it's your facial expression. away. Because I can see you now. Um, right now, it peaked at number three, and that is tied with the Book of Mormon cast album, which also hit number three in 2011. Those are the only, those are the two albums that have reached the top three since 1970. So if Hamilton gets number two, it will on its own have the I am the highest charting album of the past 50 years, period. I'm not tied with anybody. And sadly, it it will likely not be number one because uh, Pop Smoke's posthumous album came out last Friday and most likely Pop Smoke will be number one next week on the Billboard 200. And and I don't and very quickly, I don't I definitely don't want to gloss over that. And you and I will talk about that more next week. Yeah. But um, I'm not anyway. I'm not just saying like, oh, and by the way, I'm like Pop Smoke has a huge album. It's his first studio album. He passed away in February and it's going to do some huge numbers, possibly over 200,000 units. Um, so he's going to have a huge week in a way. Had it not been for Pop Smoke's new album, Hamilton maybe could have been number one. But that's just yeah. the way the chart works. But anyway, it's like Hamilton could surge to number two and be the highest charting cast recording since wait for it <laughs> wait for it that's also a song in hamilton um, oh wow yeah uh since hair the broadway cast recording of hair spent 13 weeks at number one in 1969 so big week for hamilton pretty remarkable also one one note i did actually see the original cast of the book of mormon oh um, wait who was in the original? was that um was josh Gad? andrew rannells and josh gad yeah Wow. Was so I saw the Book of Mormon in London. I also saw Hamilton in London, so I've actually seen Hamilton twice. But how was it seeing um uh Josh Gad and Andrew Rannells in the Book of Mormon briefly? They were they were incredible. I, I've seen it on Broadway twice, once with the original cast and once maybe two or three years ago. Um it's a it's a hilarious play. It's so good. It's 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 so food. So food, man. So food. So food. Um all right. Well now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Jimmy, head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, steaming, flaxen, waxen. Fifty-one years ago this week, the original cast recording of Oh Hey, Hair was in the midst of its 13-week run at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. I wrote this as if I planned it. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, as the album strung together uh, 13 weeks to top the list between the charts dated April 26th and July 19th, 1969. It was a very long time ago. Um, the album actually entered the chart on August 3rd, 1968 at number 159, 
and would actually remain on the list until 1971. Now, the musical's timely counterculture stamp, you know, the story touched on themes such as racial issues, sexual freedom, and anti-war sentiments, of course, this was in the midst of the Vietnam War, um, actually helped bring the musical to the mainstream with several covers of its songs becoming Hot 100 hits. The Fifth Dimension took Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In, uh, a medley, yeah. uh, to number one. Uh, the Cow Sills took a cover of Hair to number two. Uh, Oliver took Good Morning Starshine to number three. And Three Dog Night had a number four hit with Easy to Be Hard. So... Uh, there you have it. This week in 1969, Long Beautiful Hair was tops on the Billboard 200 in the middle of its 13-week run at number one. We've reached the end of our big show, Jason. You were you were smiling as I was talking about hair. Have you seen hair in any in any fashion? I've not. No. Then what are you what are you what are you smiling about? I was smiling at uh, just the just the songs. I know all those songs, and they're they're very they're very 1968. I'll say that. Yeah, it's it's of a time. It's it's a yeah. It's great. I mean, will I mean, are we? I mean, are we going to look back in 50 years at the Hamilton songs and be like, "Ooh, that was a time." We're gonna look back in 50 years at the "What's Poppin'" remix by Jack Harlow to "Baby Tory Lanez and Lil Wayne." Justice for Omi. Um, so let's listen to last week's show. That'll all make sense. What song should we go out on, Jason? Uh, let's go out on Hair by Lady Gaga. <laughs> let's do that. Uh, see you guys next time. Bye. See ya. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.